Entrepreneur on Fire bonus August income report. What are you waiting for? Tickets to a rocket ship? Well, here you go and hang on tight as John Lee Dumas is about to take you on a wild ride. Ignite. Fire Nation, learn how to create a podcast in three minutes, as well as two super hacks every podcaster needs to know on the free podcast workshop Kate and I host every week. Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today. What's up, Fire Nation? John Lee Doom is here, and I'm fired up for another monthly income report. I have my tag team here, Josh Bowerly and Kate Erickson. Say what's up, guys. What's up, Fire Nation? What's going on, Fire Nation? So we are a team, and we have a large team. We're going to really be getting into what that means and how you can really use a team throughout this income report to leverage your time and to really maximize your most valuable asset, which is time. And we're really going to be doing kind of a look back onto this month and what we learned, what we accomplished, but of course, the revenue we generated and the expenses we incurred because of that. So a real quick snapshot of August 2014 for us was a gross income of $276,117. Our expenses actually topped $50,000. It was $50,752, so we're definitely going to talk about that. But our total net profit was another whopping $225,365 for the month of August. So we're beyond thrilled. We're stoked. But there's always things to learn. So we're going to start with a little bit of what went down in August and what we learned in August, mistakes that we made, and corrections that we did along the way. And we're going to have some cool things for you. But first and foremost... We have to talk about podcast movements. It is the best conference experience that I've ever had since I've entered this world of entrepreneurship. And I don't say that lightly because I've been to some great conferences. We're talking multiple new media expos, world domination summits, agents of change. There's some great conferences out there, but nothing really struck a chord with me like podcast movement did because it was a podcast strictly focused on the world of podcasting and just the meteoric rise that has happened in podcasting specifically. And you know, last month, Kate and I did go to World Domination Summit and we talked about that for July. But this month, we're going to talk about an event that Dan Franks and Jared Easley put on. It was a two-day conference that started off thinking maybe 200 or 250 people would show up. They had to change venues twice because over 600 very driven, motivated, inspiring podcasters showed up to be part of this event. And wow, I got to say, we had like 125 to 150 podcast paradisers that showed up alone to the podcast movement. We were basically one fourth of the conference itself, which was incredible. We have some cool stories about that. And we did day one, a podcasters paradise and Fire Nation Elite meetup right across the street from the hotel in Dallas, Texas, and had an absolute blast. There were drinks, there were music, there was food. We gave out t-shirts. Kate and I made a nice little speech. It was a blast. And overall, the conference was just incredible. We had a Saturday night House of Blues event where there was a competition and Team Paradise took home first place, which was really awesome to see. So there's some videos about this within our website, and we have some cool links within the income report if you want to go to eofire.com slash income12. 
But overall, you know, with the keynotes of Chris Brogan, Srini Rao, Jamie Tardy, Cliff Ravenscraft, Kate had her first presentation, myself as well, Chase Reese, Greg Hickman, Tim Page. It was a absolute who's who in the podcasting world. And we had a blast. Kate, you want to take like 20 seconds to kind of give a little recap from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, everything that you just said is so right on. It was so awesome to meet up with Podcasters Paradise and Fire Nation Elite the very first minute we got there, literally, quite literally, right? I mean, I literally dropped my bags at John's feet and then went to the meetup. It was awesome. The entire weekend is really great. I think you summed it up perfect. It's one of the best conferences I've ever been to. Amazing experience. And I'm looking forward to 2015. And on that note, 2015 is going to be in Fort Worth, Texas at the end of July. So mark your calendars. If podcasting is any part of your business, even a small part, you need to be at this conference. It's going to be a blast. They already announced the opening keynote is going to be Pat Flynn. So we know he's going to bring the heat and that's going to be a blast. Well, wait, let's let's put Josh on the spot. Josh, you're going to be there, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Next year I'm there. All right, cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. And moving forward, let's talk about some things that happened over the month that had some good and some bad mixed in. And I'll talk about a little um, good and bad mixture because the story started kind of sad, but ended kind of happy. And I think it's a good takeaway for everybody that's listening right now to realize there is justice in this world on some levels, but you do have to seek it out sometimes. And for me, that sad story began with Quotes on Fire launching, and it was an amazing launch. I got some great feedback immediately from it, a ton of support. So many people were giving it ratings and reviews of five stars and downloading it that it was literally pinned to the number one position, not in just business, which is usually where you see the podcasts that are in the business section rise to because there's the comedy and the sports that always seem to take over the overall iTunes rankings. But my podcast, Quotes on Fire, rose to number one in all of iTunes. And I thought that was going to be awesome. But then wake up day two and what happens? I had 61 star reviews for Quotes on Fire you know, to my like 70 or 85 star reviews. But I was like, where are these one star reviews coming from? These are more one star reviews than I have for Entrepreneur on Fire, which is almost two years old, which has 1,450 five star reviews and like 27 one star reviews. So it was really strange for me to see this. And I was scratching my head and wondering why. And there was really no actual written reviews. It was just all ratings and they were all one star. So I couldn't tell what people were saying. They were just obviously clicking the one star and then leaving. So fortunately, because of my connection with iTunes of having won Best of iTunes in 2013 for Entrepreneur on Fire, I do have a connection at iTunes. I was able to reach out to him and be like, what's going on here? Have you seen something like this? And he did a little investigating. He said, well, basically, John, you know, now that you're pinned at number one in all of iTunes, the reality is a lot of people that hate business or would never listen to business podcasts and don't get it, but are looking for like comedy podcasts or fantasy football podcasts are listening to your three minute podcast about an inspirational quote and being like, that's lame and giving you a one star. And that's just how it is. We'll look into it, but I can't promise anything. So long story short, I was really disappointed to see like them overall, my podcast had like three stars as an average ranking, which was really disappointing from all the hard work I put into it. But fast forward a week and a lot of support from Fire Nation, who actually wrote to iTunes as well and was like, what's going on here? This is unfair. I woke up one morning, opened up Quotes on Fire to only four one stars and now over a hundred five star ratings. So it was a complete flip flop. And it was really cool to see that 
you know, there's always going to be lurkers out there. There's always going to be haters out there, no matter who you are, Fire Nation. But, you know, take the proper steps. Don't overreact. I could have pulled my podcast off of iTunes. And, you know, I've gotten so many emails from people since that moment saying, John, like your quote, like really got me going today. I actually had a conversation at Podcast Movement with a guy that said, John, I was in a really low place. And I knew that I just needed a little quick quote. So I just typed the word quotes into iTunes. I came across your podcast, was obviously a fan of entrepreneurship fire, but that wasn't what I was looking for. And I listened to four quotes in a row and you really got me through a tough time. And that was like a powerful conversation that I had that if I had overreacted, it never would have happened. So that's kind of my quick story about how you're going to hit some walls. You're going to hit some roadblocks. You're going to hit some struggles and obstacles, no matter what you do, especially when you try something new, but just realize that, you know, let the dust settle, take the proper steps, you know, go to your support for support and kind of see how it plays out before you take that massive overreaction step. And Kind of moving forward from that, because Quotes on Fires continue to rock and roll. We're doing a new quote every single day, so check it out at qofire.com. We have another massive podcast success in the family here at Entrepreneur on Fire, and that goes by the name of Kate's Take. And I don't want to get into too much detail because I want Kate to, because this is from her perspective, this is her podcast, but just a little build up here. She's been crushing the new and noteworthy. She's been getting a lot of great feedback for her podcast, Kate's Take. So Kate, your voice is out there. How's it been? It's been so amazing. It's been really great to connect with people on a whole different level than what I'm used to. And like you said, it's been really awesome to hear from people, to have people reach out to me and say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for the episode today. You talking about defining my avatar was exactly what I needed. And hearing that from even just one person lets me know that Kate's Take is having an impact, a positive impact. And that's really exciting. I mean, that's what I'm here to do is to help people to pass on knowledge and advice that I have to, you know, keep people going on their journeys. And so it's been really, really exciting to hear that kind of stuff. But, you know, John, I'm glad that you focused on kind of a struggle that you had with quotes on fire, because I've had the same thing with Kate's take. And that was, you know, starting out and I didn't practice what I preached. You know, we sit and tell people all day to not try to be a perfectionist, to just start to get your podcast out there and to learn as you go. And there, in a lot of respects, I did do that. But I also spent, I think I recorded my first episode four times. I have to admit it. I'm not going to lie about it. And <laughs> if I wouldn't have recorded it four times, I probably would have launched, you know, a couple of days before I actually did. You know, a lot of things could happen. But for me, the biggest thing that, you know, the biggest lesson learned that I've had with Kate's take is regardless of how much time you spend on a single episode, you're not going to learn from it until you actually hear it back. And so regardless of if you record it one time or five times, nothing is going to be learned until that end product is out there. So if you can just get the end product out there and then look back on it and learn from that, then you'll be taking bigger steps a lot faster. And so I'm excited to be doing that with Kate's Take now. And it's going great. I would love for anyone who's listening to this right now to go and check it out and you know, let me know what you think. So this is a great segue and a really important talking point to what we're going to get into next, which is Fire Nation Elite 2.0. Because, you know, despite Kate hearing me rail on almost every single interview that I'm interviewed on, and there's been hundreds about what my biggest failure, what my biggest mistake was, 
It's always been that I delayed the launch of Entrepreneur on Fire by over five weeks. And it was just, just no reason besides me being scared, nervous, and embarrassed about putting something out there that I thought people might laugh at or might not like. And despite even that, with Kate having, you know, me harping that in her ear, you know, she still goes through that same thing. And it's just the reality that nobody is going to be able to avoid that imposter syndrome, that voice that's in your head that said, no, you're breathing too loud. No, you're saying um too many times. No, you're doing this, you're doing that. And it was actually a great video that was posted. I'm not sure if you saw it, Kate, in Podcast's Paradise about a, three or four days ago about the Emmys or like the latest Grammys, whatever that award show was. And the guy just went through and just cut out every um that all of the best actors and actresses said during their acceptance speech. And there were hundreds and hundreds of ums. So even the world's best actors and the world's best screenwriters and speakers and whatever you want to call them are making mistakes every single day of their life. And we're so self-critical about ourselves. So Kate got her podcast out there. She launched Kate's Take. She goes back now and listens to it. And she's like, you know what? I could do that better now, but you know what? She couldn't do it better then. And the important thing is to get it out as soon as possible. So like Kate said, you can get that end product out there, look back on it and say, how can we improve? And now why is this a great segue to Fire Nation Elite 2.0? It's because when I was wasting five weeks of my potential launch with Entrepreneur on Fire, I had a mastermind that was kicking me in the butt, that was holding me accountable, holding my feet to the fire. That five weeks would have turned into five months if it wasn't for my mastermind that was there supporting me, understanding what I was going through, but being very firm in their resolve to make sure that I launched and launched the right way. And that's exactly what Fire Nation Elite 2.0 is. It's this incredible family that we've created, very small, intimate tribe that we are there for each other every single day in the Facebook group on our membership site via Hangouts. And we have some incredibly cool things going on. And it's just been amazing for me to go through and to, to talk, to have these eight-minute fire chats with people that applied over the last month to be part of Fire Nation Elite, which, by the way, is, is closed as we're speaking right now. We've shut the doors, and we're not opening them up again until I think it's October 30th. So we're a couple months from opening the doors again to Fire Nation Elite. But it's just great to see the family that we've now created as we're sitting here and, and already seeing some incredible growth that's going on. And within Fire Nation Elite 2.0, we've built up some cool things that we didn't have in Fire Nation Elite the first year that we had it going on. And number one is our social proof days. Every Monday through Friday, we focus on helping our members on a particular social platform. And every Tuesday, we have a tech hangout where you can jump on Google Hangouts and chat with any tech issues that you're experiencing. And every Saturday, we have entrepreneurs hanging out, getting coffee, sip coffee and chat it up. We had one this morning and it rocked and rolled. And then we have these quarterly Firestarter courses where each course focuses on a new aspect of growing and monetizing your business. And then we do the monthly fireside chats. And we actually just had one last week with Kate and I, where we jump on a Google Hangout and answer any questions for our tribe. And one of the major reasons why I'm sharing these is not because I'm looking to get anybody listening to join Fire Nation Elite 2.0, because we're actually not accepting members, but it's to give you ideas of how to create your tribe and how to create your mastermind and things that you can have in your industry, in your niche for your followers. And Kate, I kind of want you to go through and talk about some things that it took to implement Fire Nation Elite 2.0 because 
you know, as I'm going through here and talking about Fire Nation Elite, we celebrated our one year anniversary in June, and it was really just an amazing milestone for a paid membership mastermind to still be rocking and rolling after a year. And there's really some specific reasons for that. And Kate, kind of take this point right now about what we did to implement 2.0 and just how we're shaking things up. Sure. So we definitely talked a lot and we've talked about it in previous income reports as well. You know, these types of things that we're adding to 2.0, but I thought it would be good to really break down what exactly it took for us to get there because it's easy to talk about an end product and how awesome it is now that it's all implemented, but it didn't happen just overnight that we said, you know, let's do 2.0 and tomorrow it's rocking and rolling and we're all good. I mean, there was a lot of steps that went into this. We actually decided to bring one of our Fire Nation Elite members, Dean Patino, onto our Fire Nation Elite team because we knew that 2.0 wasn't going to be implemented at the level we wanted it to be with just John and myself. So we're very lucky to have Dean on our Fire Nation Elite team. He's our community ambassador, and he's really taking the lead on a lot of these hangouts and helping us set up the membership site. And these are the things that our members are asking for. These are the things that we were hearing from our members who were saying, you know, I would love to be on a hangout with somebody where I can talk to them face to face. I would love an accountability partner. I would love to, you know, have a membership site where I can go to get great resources. See, all of these things are actually things that we had in the original Fire Nation Elite, but John, you and I weren't able to implement them at the level that we wanted to. And so now with Dean on the team, he has taken it to the next level, at, you know, with our help and the membership site is, has been completely redone. So we had to build a whole new membership site and we had to, we built, you know, calendar plugins that we're using now to keep everybody up to speed with all the hangouts that we're doing. We are enhancing the user experience. So we, we stopped using Customer Hub, which is what we were using for our membership site platform before. Now we've moved over to WordPress and we're using Wishlist Member, which is actually really great because I've been wanting to check out Wishlist Member for a while now. And because we started on the Customer Hub platform, John, you and I never really had any reason to move away from that. It right. was working for us. It was a great platform. But now that we have somebody who can help us manage a WordPress platform, Wishlist Member, and all the capabilities that come along with that, you know, I think it's an awesome add to Fire Nation Elite 2.0 because I think it's going to give us a lot more capabilities to engage people in the site, whereas we weren't really able to add custom plugins like a calendar plugin and that type of stuff to integrate with Facebook and all this other stuff that, you know, we wanted to do in 2.0. So, you know, it's definitely not an overnight thing. It's not something that John and I talked about one day and the next day we woke up and all of a sudden Fire Nation Elite 2.0 was living. It was, you know, something that we worked on over the course of what would you say, John, 30, 60 days, maybe? Yeah, I'd say between 45 to 60 days. And, you know, going switching platforms and getting people on board. I mean, the communication itself was a whole thing. I mean, you have to let people know what's going on. You can't just all of a sudden start directing them to a new membership site and have them you know, reach out to Dean for hangouts. I mean, this is all stuff that we built a communication plan around. We let out communication. We kind of like dripped content so that people were aware of what was happening as it was happening. We were very transparent about the, 
you know, move from the membership site platform and all these other things that we were doing. So just to give people kind of a behind the scenes, what it actually took to bring it to life. It definitely, you know, we added Dean again, like I said, and now we're rocking and rolling. I mean, it's great. Fire Nation Elite 2.0, we're getting amazing feedback. We have a ton of engagement. These hangouts that we're doing every week are amazing. So it's been a huge success, I would say. It truly has. And one of the biggest takeaways I want for you, Fire Nation, is we're at month 15 right now. So, you know, we're talking about membership sites and and tech hangouts and drip campaigns. And that's all right and well. And that's exactly where you should be looking to get to. But the biggest takeaway for you is you need to start building your tribe. And how you do that is simply with a private Facebook group. And then you get those first early adopters in, and then you just pepper the heck out of them with questions, with probing, with what are you struggling with? How can this be improved? Use them as your early adopters as you grow out your masterminds to the level that you want it to be with your vision and the vision of your avatars combined. So just start it. The first couple early adopters, if they're really valuable, bring them on for free, you know, have them part of the early adopter team and and have them help you build this out because you're not going to have a Fire Nation Elite 2.0 day one. It took us 15 months to get to this point and now it's a well-oiled machine and, you know, and we're still adding to it, but it's a continuous motion that needs to be moved forward. So great wrap up, Kate. I hope Fire Nation really sees the value, number one, of being part of a mastermind and number two, creating their own mastermind, being their own tribe leader. And now we're going to be moving into something that's very near and dear to my heart, and that is our live podcast workshops that we do six times a month, Kate, at a minimum. We're actually doing more than that now because we're doing a lot of JV webinar workshops, which is a lot of fun. So basically, every single Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, we're doing a live podcast workshop talking with people about and sharing the knowledge on how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast with a lot of cool training, tips and tricks, and we give gifts away, we have prizes, and then we do the same thing twice a month for our webinar workshop, Webinar on Fire, where we teach people how to create and present a webinar that converts. And so one of our goals every week is to drive as many people as possible to be live attendees, because that's your best engagement you're ever going to get, Fire Nation. Live attendees at a webinar are a blast. Any of you that are listening right now that have been to one of our workshops know Kate and I are on there 15 minutes early. We're saying hi to everybody, giving shout outs about where people are from, you know, telling them what's going on in our world. And of course, at the end of these workshops, we're answering every single person's question live. It's a free Q&A session for anybody about the world of podcasting and webinars. And we have a blast at every single one of these webinars. But how do we drive more people to that? You know, we have it as call to action on our podcasts, both Quotes on Fire and Entrepreneur on Fire, and actually on Kate's Take as well. We have it on our website. We talk about it in our newsletters. But what are some other opportunities? You know, we do Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter advertising all of which are effective, but how can we continue to add and to increase this funnel? And so my good friend, Greg Hickman of Mobile Mix, who's actually a recent guest of Entrepreneur on Fire back on August 28th, I believe, rocked it and is also rocking the mobile world and basically alerted us and showed us this new world of SMS marketing. And in a nutshell, 
Over 60% of people that listen to Entrepreneur on Fire listen via their mobile phone, which is insane. So why not make the most of that? Why not give a call to action that they can then use their mobile phone for and say, hey, I want to be part of this workshop. Get me in, sign me up. Because they're not in front of computers. They're on the go. All they want to do is do something quick. Well, what's quick? text messaging. So now if you've heard any of my recent episodes on Quotes on Fire, and it's soon to be implemented with an Entrepreneur on Fire actually starting September 7th. So yesterday is when we started it. And that is going to be this great call loop text messaging service where my calls to action are going to be text paradise to 38470. You'll have the opportunity to then enter your email address and be part of the webinar workshop or the podcast workshop that's happening next week or the following week. And it's just an easy, incredibly powerful way for people with mobile phones that are on the go to text these five numbers in one word and boom, they're in. There's no website to be pulled up. There's no opt-in form they have to go to. It's a text with a actual word. Our word is paradise for podcasters paradise. Our word is webinar for the webinar workshop. So we keep it simple. And so far we've, uh, you know, had some pretty cool results. And I actually want to pass the mic over to Kate now as she's going to tell you what it also enables us to do as far as a 30 minute and 15 minute follow up and some other really cool things. And I'll tell you, once Fire Nation and Podcasters Paradise and Fire Nation League got wind of what we were doing, everybody was like, yo, how do I do that? So you, you're about to see why it's so cool, why we're now in love with SMS mobile campaigns. So Kate, take it away. Absolutely. John, you did an awesome job of describing how this SMS type mobile campaign can help you increase your opt-ins. But I also want to stress the importance of after implementation, what that can do for your show up rate as well. And so this is something that Greg and I talked about in detail because I had the opportunity to sit down with Greg to watch him go through call loop and show me exactly how to set stuff up to have us implement it on our lead pages. So this is not only an opt-in opportunity for our audience to get them to opt into the webinar, but it's also an opportunity for us to put that on our thank you page so that people who aren't opting in via mobile still have the opportunity to request text message and voicemail updates from us, which is huge because There are, like you said, 60% of our listeners are on their mobile device. For those 60% of people, this is an amazing opportunity to get them to take action right away. They don't have to wait to text. Maybe if they're driving, then definitely wait. But if they aren't driving when they're listening, then they can do it right there. They don't need anything else to make that happen. For the other 40% of our listeners who might be on their desktop, who might be in their kitchen, you know, wherever they are listening to Entrepreneur on Fire... They might be going to podcastersparadise.com or webinaronfire.com to opt in there. And when somebody does that, they're going to get a thank you page. And that thank you page is also going to give them the opportunity to request those same SMS updates so that they get a 30-minute voicemail reminder from us and a 15-minute text message reminder from us. So we're not blasting the phone with a ridiculous amount of text messages. And this campaign follow-up sequence, we talk about the importance of pre-sequence and post-sequence in our Webinar on Fire course. And it's so important after you have your opt-ins to actually get them to show up. You need to have a really solid pre and post email sequence to actually get people interested to show up and to take an action even afterwards if they you know, didn't take an action on the webinar. So the ability to let 
any of your opt-ins, regardless if they originally opted in on SMS or if they're opting in on your website, still giving them the opportunity to request those updates. I mean, how cool is it that 30 minutes before a webinar, your phone rings and it says entrepreneur on fire on your caller ID and you pick it up and it's John reminding you about the webinar. Hey guys, John Lee Dumas here. Just wanted to remind you that in 30 minutes, Kate and I are going to be launching the podcast workshop. And in fact, in 15 minutes, we're going to be chatting up a firestorm over at podcastwebinar.com. So come check us out. There you have it. I mean, that's a whole new way to connect with your audience. That's a whole new way to get people fired up. It's a whole new way to remind people. Not everybody's in their inbox all the time, and that's a good thing. But it does mean that you're missing out on opportunities to remind people about the things that they've opted in for. So I think Greg says... 90% of text messages are read within three minutes. Thank you. Greg, you have John to thank for that. (laughs) (laughs) I would have gotten there, but... But yeah, I mean, that's really incredible. What do you think the percent of emails are that are read within three minutes? Probably very, very low. So anyways, I'll wrap this up. Sorry, I've been rambling for a little bit, but I'm really pumped up about this. And you guys can check out some more details about the mobile campaign um, in the income report. Yeah, the income report has it all, guys. And how cool is it that 30 minutes before our workshop starts, everybody that signed up for it gets a a call from me. If they pick up their phone and say hello, that's my voice talking to them right there. If they don't say hello, they get a missed call and a voicemail. It's a voice message from me. And then 15 minutes prior, the exact minute that we start our fire chat, they get a text alert. Again, 90% of those texts are read within three minutes, meaning that we're having people jump in at the 15... 14, 13, and 12 minute mark saying, wow, I just got a text message from you guys. I clicked the link. Thanks a lot. This is cool. I would have forgot. And because we used to get emails all the time being like, dope. I just, I just slipped my mind. I don't know how it happens. And it happens to everybody because we're busy. But mobile phones right now, it's an incredible way to get a hold of people, both via call and via text. And we're taking advantage of both. And you can too. And it's surprisingly reasonable and really intuitive to set up, especially when you have systems like Infusionsoft or Entreport that are kind of that CRM to the next level. But you don't even need that because Call Loop itself has quite the system. And Without any further ado, we have had our CPA on fire, on standby. And I'll tell you, you might be worried that he's cooled off a little bit, but that's literally impossible because this guy is en fuego every step of the way. He has a lot of cool things to share with us, specifically in the tax world, but also a couple cool personal wins that we're going to share later as well, which is so cool. So, let me welcome Josh Bowerly, who's a friend, somebody that you know has stayed at our place here in San Diego, that's crashed at our pad in Portland. We are at World Domination Summit. I mean, he's literally becoming part of the family. And I think if you ask him, he's not complaining. So Josh, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> not much. And just to be clear, I do have my own home as well. I'm not always at your place. <laughs> Although we would totally welcome that. We love you. <laughs> Yeah, no, that'd be fun. The twins, um, though, they might have to find uh, place. <laughs> they, they, they reduce sleep a little bit. But yeah, no, this month, I'm really excited. We're gonna So the last few months and the next few months, we're going to be talking about the five best tax tips for entrepreneurs. And last month, we talked about deducting your everyday expenses in your business. This month, I want to talk about retirement savings and how you can use those as an entrepreneur to save taxes. So when you're an employee, you're, you're kind of limited on your retirement savings, right? You can always do an, an IRA, an individual retirement account. But then you're stuck with whatever your employer offers. So if they offer a 401k, you can do that. If they offer a 403b, you can do that. You're stuck with what they have. 
As an entrepreneur, you have so many more options. You can open what they call a solo 401k. So if you don't have any employees, you can still open up a 401k and contribute $52,000 a year to that if you're eligible. You can uh, open up a SEP, which is similar, another $52,000 a year to contribute to that. Uh, You can go even further, get more complicated and uh, do a defined benefit plan. So there's so many things you can do with this. And what's so awesome about it is with other tax tips. So even last month when we talked about cool things like deducting your expenses on your tax return, you still have to spend money to get that tax savings. So to, to, to deduct your cell phone bill, you still have to pay for a cell phone. When you're using a retirement plan, you're not spending money. You're saving money. So you're putting money in a savings account and the government's still saying, okay, here's a tax credit for that. Here's a tax deduction for that. So it's, it's, it's almost double dipping, right? You're saving for retirement, which we all know is a huge problem. People aren't saving enough for retirement right. and you're, you're whacking away that tax bill with it. And just to use Entrepreneur on Fire as an example, last year, John, right, we, we, we started a solo 401k for you. We put the max in that and you saved a little bit over $14,000 on your taxes by doing that. And you have another $51,000 sitting in your retirement account. Right. So I dropped 51K into my Fidelity account, which is what I use for my broker. And when tax bill time came, I saved $14,000 above that in taxes. Exactly. Yep. So you didn't spend a dime. You saved it and then saved again with that 14000 in taxes. And since I invested in Google, that 51K is even more now. Exactly. <laughs> Smart investments make it even better. So what else do you want to talk about, Josh, as far as like the best strategy that doesn't involve you spending any money? I mean, like, where do you want Fire Nation to really have their focus on when it comes to this type of stuff for them in the saving for retirement world? I mean, you definitely want to contact a professional here. This isn't something you just want to go out and do by yourself, right? So you contact someone that specializes in entrepreneurs, working with them to set up a retirement plan. But my two best options for me are either to do a solo 401k or a SEP. There's a lot of other options out there, some of them more confusing than others. But get one of those two things set up. Put as much as you can away in it. There's some rules based on percentages of income on how much you can actually contribute. But man, it's it's just so valuable. It's, It's one of my favorite tips for entrepreneurs. So one thing that Josh has done incredibly well is his YouTube presence, Fire Nation. And what's that word actually that YouTube stamps on some of your videos, Josh? Is it verified or? Official. Official. Even better. He has the official stamp on a bunch of videos that he has about tax and accounting principles and, and a bunch of other things. And my question to you is, Josh, do you have one on the differences of a 401k or a SAP or where people should invest at a certain times? I don't, but you just gave me an idea for my next one. Write it down, my friends. As my CPA on fire, you know, when we like to really share this great knowledge with Fire Nation, I also want to give them opportunities to go and learn from reliable sources about this stuff. And you, my friends, are that reliable source. So wrap it up for us in a couple sentences, and then we are, we're going to bring you back on in a couple minutes here to share a really cool win that happened for you in August uh, as well. But what do you got for Fire Nation? Yeah. So just to wrap it up, you're making money in your business. You're uh, setting some of that aside. Open up a retirement plan, double dip on those savings, and uh, you'll be ready to roll. Double dip. I love it. So Fire Nation, we're going to talk right now about work and about the amount of hours that Kate and I put in in the month of August because we're no four-hour work week. We are very transparent about the dollars that we make, the dollars that we spend, the expenses we incur, the taxes we pay, the retirement money that we invest in and everything because we want to share with you not only what works, but what doesn't work, but also that this whole thing takes work. 
so Kate's July was 221.5 hours, but Kate's August was 245.25 hours. So about a 25 hour jump. And her top three sites were Gmail, Infusionsoft, slash Customer Hub, which are our membership sites, and then Microsoft Words. She's pounding away on her uh, keyboard for a lot of blogs and different things that we're doing. I actually was the other way. My July was a massive 270 hours, whereas my August was 242 hours. So I kind of went the other way by 30 hours. But you know, Kate and I were pretty much side by side for that 240-ish hours. And my top three sites were Gmail, EntrepreneurOnFire.com, and Microsoft Word too. So obviously I'm typing away on some pretty cool things as well. So basically the, the overarching thing here is success comes from hard work. And Kate and I put in the hard work day after day, week after week with all of these things that we're doing. So, you know, for those people that are looking and saying, wow, like how do they do it? Like one of the ways that we do it is work really hard and really focus on doing the right things. And this is where I talked a little bit last month about the 80-20 principle where Kate and I have really figured out that 20% of our activities result in 80% of our desired outcomes. So we are continuously honing in to that 20% that makes a difference. And these income reports are in there, which is why we're willing to spend so much time on these month to month to month. And really to get into the August 2014 income breakdown to give you some specifics, and again, all of this is at eofire.com slash 12, we did a product and service income of $265,861. And breaking down that even more was Podcasters Paradise being our flagship did $177,000. Webinar on Fire was a little over $18,000. Our Podcast on Fire, which is our create and launch a podcast in 14 days, kind of the little brother of Podcasters Paradise, did $936. The one thing where I train people about how to find their one thing uh, generated a whopping $28. So I'm really proud about that. <laughs> Our sponsorship income uh, generated $51,228. And that number is only going up, Fire Nation. And we are sold out officially for the rest of 2014 with sponsorship income. So it's just nice to know that no matter what happens, we are guaranteed that 50K plus per month every single month going forward for the rest of t- 2014. Our Fire Nation Elite Mastermind brought in just under eleven thousand, and our and my one-on-one mentoring brought in seven thousand dollars. My book podcast launch brought in a hundred and thirty-one dollars. The audio version and the actual book itself on Amazon brought in a hundred and seventy-one dollars. Our affiliate income generated just over ten thousand dollars, with Bluehost leading the way with three thousand three hundred. Lee Pages a distant second at. 1361. And actually, Lee Pages was third because Audible was second with $1,680. And for those people that hear Entrepreneur on Fire, you might have heard me say the words, go to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. I get $20 every time somebody does that and grabs a free book. And that added up to over $1,600 for the month of August. So you can see that those type of things can add up. Um, We did $2,820 in affiliate income with our joint venture with Pat Flynn for his smart podcast player. And our Amazon affiliate in general was $457 for a total gross income of $276. Our business expenses was just under $50,000. And I'll just kind of hit the highlights here. Again, all of this is laid out at eofire.com slash income 12. 
And the mid-roll was a big one because we paid 20% out to the mid-roll for them finding our sponsors and locking them down and getting us the talking points. And that was $10,245. Our t-shirts and our events meet up in Dallas, Texas cost us a little over $2,000. So as you can see, we see the value and we love investing back in our community. It's really important to us. We did $337 in expenses for Libsyn, our media host, which is just a reality. If you want to host your file somewhere, that's going to, they're going to add up when you have as many podcasts going as we do. And our advertising, which is mostly Facebook ads, we generated $2,600 in expenses from that. And we have a recurring subscription-based expenses of over $1,400 per month, again, which we list out all below. So our total expenses after adding everything up was just a shave over $50,000 at $50,752 with a $225,365.02 total net profit including the payroll that Josh set up and talked about either last month or the month before, which brought in uh, a little over $13,000 for us, meaning that we paid ourselves $13,000 from our business income. Uh, And that's for tax purposes as well. So we learned a lot of things in August, and Kate is definitely going to be diving into a lot of those things that we learned. Josh Bowley is going to share an awesome win that he scored in the month of August, something that I challenge everybody listening to do in the month of September or whatever month you're listening to my words right now. Make it happen because you're going to be shocked when you hear what's happened with Josh. Um, But a couple quick side notes, guys podcastersparadise.com is where you can go to sign up for any podcast workshop. We do them every week. Webinaronfire.com is for the webinar workshops that we do. All completely free, all just completely packed with value bombs. Or if you're listening to this on a mobile phone, just text paradise to 38470. Check out how that works. And then go ahead and text webinar to 38470. Check out how that process works. And we will have a blast. So Kate, take away what we learned in August. So our first lesson learned was actually a result of a podcast interview that I was doing with someone else. And they started asking me about Podcasters Paradise, which naturally, you know, if you're doing well with a product or service, people want to know how you created that. So I really dove deep into how Podcasters Paradise came to be. And the person who was interviewing me was actually quite surprised to hear that we failed twice before we got to the product, which is now Podcasters Paradise. Right, John? So we had pod platform, platform, and then six figure podcasting. Yeah. So it kind of opened my eyes and made me realize that as a result of people saying, just asking the direct question, how did you create Podcasters Paradise? We tend to skip over everything that happened before we actually created Podcasters Paradise, right? We start by saying, well, John and I sat down, we drew up a map, we spent an entire weekend creating video tutorials, getting our membership site up, et cetera, et cetera. But we start at the point where we started creating Podcasters Paradise. But in fact, to actually get to that point where we started creating it, we failed with Pod Platform. We failed with Six Figure Podcasting. And it was only because of those two failures that we even had the idea to create Podcasters Paradise. So The lesson learned in the income report, the title is there are no overnight successes because while we tend to look at the end product that somebody has created, whether that be Entrepreneur on Fire, the podcast, whether that be Fire Nation Elite 2.0, whether that be Podcasters Paradise, in our case specifically, 
we've failed on several attempts of for all of these things prior to actually creating them. So I think it's important to kind of step back and maybe focus on those things a little bit more just so that other people can really take the lessons that we learned from failing at the things before that, before we were actually able to even come up with the idea for what is now our success. So I talk about that a little bit in the section, there are no overnight successes. No overnight successes. Truer words have never been spoken, Kate. And Josh Bowerly knows this. I've experienced it. Every true entrepreneur that's been on Entrepreneur on Fire has experienced it for various reasons. And that's one reason why we start every single episode off with a failure. And Kate, you brought up a really good point and a good word through reading this income report's essentialism. I at first didn't even know what it meant. I had to kind of do a quick Google about it. But you get into what that means and to how it can affect entrepreneur. So let's kind of dive into that for a second. Sure thing. So essentialism has a couple of different definitions. And one that I focus on here in the income report as a lesson learned is thanks to the book by Greg McEwen called essentialism. I was listening to a podcast episode from Michael Hyatt last week. And it was as a result of I was on a mastermind call with a couple girls that I get together with every other week, we Skype and, you know, talk about challenges, successes, etc. And I was talking about the feeling of overwhelm when you have this task list that spans, you know, the length of your screen and then some when you have requests for things like tasks and deliverables and meetings. And these things seem to be coming at you from every direction. You know, everybody wants a piece of your time. And when it comes down to it, I think a lot of people and I know that I struggle with this. We feel like we owe it to people when they ask us for our time. We feel like, okay, well, I should give this person my time. We have a really hard time at saying no. We have a really hard time of, you know, taking these feelings that cause us frustration and that kill our productivity and even encourage resentment towards the things and the people who are bringing this stuff onto our plate that, you know, we, we don't handle them well. It affects our business. It affects our productivity. But I think what we don't stop to realize is that we're the ones doing this to ourselves. It's so easy to say, well, this person wants a piece of my time or, you know, this is a task that I have to do. But in reality, you are the one that determines what you do. That's not to say that there are always only going to be great tasks on your list, because as a business owner, sometimes you have to do things that you might not wish to do. But that's a part of running your own business. You just need to do that stuff in order to get to where you want to be. So anyways, when I was listening to this episode from Michael Hyatt, it just hit me like a ton of bricks that, you know, this struggle that we all have when we feel that it's our duty to take on more projects and do more things because that makes us feel like we're being more productive and that we owe our time to people this idea of essentialism presents a mindset that is the opposite. And it teaches us that if we continue to stuff more and more things into our already crowded schedule, we are the ones that are going to suffer in other areas of our lives. So in the episode and in Greg McEwen's book, he likens this to your closet. You know, you don't go out and buy an entire new wardrobe and then come back and put it in your closet without taking other stuff out. So Anytime that you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And John, I know that this is, you know, a big point for you too, because you and I have talked about this before. You know, every time you think about saying yes to something, whether it's a meeting, a joint venture, an opportunity, a project, an offer from somebody else, 
offers are hard to pass up, of course, but you really need to stop and take a step back and think about what you're having to say no to in order to say yes to that thing. And I think that that could serve all of us so well to put it in those terms. It's massive because as entrepreneurs, we have what's called the Superman syndrome. And we all want to be able to be everywhere at once and do everything and just be the superhero, literally. And the reality is I've been most excited with my business being able to take things out as I've moved forward, being able to bring more people on my team to take more things off my plate. Like I'm loving saying that, hey, like, listen, I love the fact that I am able to be Dr. No and say no to a lot of things that are great opportunities, but don't really fit into that 20% of really important tasks that I talk about with that 80-20 rule that's just so important, finding that 20% of your activities that result in 80% of your desired outcomes, and then that 80% that's not really doing much for you, just get rid of it. And that's why we're going to be bringing Josh Barley back on the line right now, because this is a guy that has twins. You know, he just made a, a massive move across half the country with his family. You know, he's running a business that really makes most of its money during tax time, which is not now. In fact, it's opposite now. But because he's had the mindset of abundance and not scarcity, because he's sitting down and writing out plans that he knows are going to be very effective for him, and because he's listening to great entrepreneurs like my buddy Nick Unsworth, which, quick side note, just got engaged in on a live live webinar that we were just on together asked me to be his groomsman. So I felt a little bit forced, but I did say yes. And it, it was, was pretty cute. Pretty, pretty cool scene there. I got to be honest. And Josh Bowerly listened to people like Nick Unsworth who have this incredible mindset of abundance. He followed one of Nick's challenges and Josh, let's talk about it. What happened? Yeah. So last month you asked me uh, what, what I took away from World Domination Summit. And I said that I was going to implement Nick Unsworth's strategy that he told me about writing out monthly goals. So what he said was write out at least five or about five monthly goals, big goals that you want to hit. And then don't stop there. Actually write a letter to yourself dated at the end of the month and tell yourself what you did with those goals, how you hit them, how it felt to hit them. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go big. So I put one of my big ones, I want to hit $12,000 in revenue which, as you said, for a tax preparer who makes most of my money in tax season, that, that's a pretty big number. So then when I wrote the letter to myself, I actually took it a step further and wrote that I hit over $15,000 in revenue. So again, that's a huge number for me for August. So get to the end of the month, I make my final sale, I enter it in, and I look down and I hit $15,389 in, in revenue. Yeah! So, so awesome! Yeah, so uh, Nick, if you're listening, big thanks for teaching me that and definitely recommend it for Fire Nation. Wow. I mean, Fire Nation, it's one of those things about the calendars. If you don't calendar it, if you don't put it in your calendar, it doesn't exist. So put everything in your calendar. When you work out, you know, when you're going to call your mother, you know, when you're going to spend time with your significant other, calendar everything. It's so important. And what you don't write down, you can't hold yourself accountable for. So write down your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, and make them goals that you can actually see like 30 months down the road, like exactly what Josh did. And think about that mini celebration he had because he hit that exact number. And think about you know how it would have been cool if he would have done that without writing it down. But let's be honest, not nearly as cool because he was very focused and he was very deliberate is the word I want to use in his goal of 15,000 and he made it. it was a stretch goal but because it was that stretch goal he seemed to just really be drawn towards it like a magnet 
And Kate, let's kind of wrap up here with another failure that we experienced that we were able to take a failure and take a near disaster and turn it into kind of a minor win. And we actually learn from it, which is, again, the importance of knowing that through every dark hour, through every potential failure, through every disaster comes an amazing learning experience and opportunity. And I'll kind of set the stage here. We were about to hold a live podcast workshop where hundreds of people were on the way to coming. We had the voice messages going out. We had the text messages coming out. We had hundreds of people that were excited to be at this live webinar. And then poof, lead pages goes down right at the wrong time. And you know, hey, lead pages is great most of the time, but not all of the time. And this instance showed that. So Kate, what happened? So I really love this failure and lesson learned for a lot of reasons. And number one is because I think that with our webinars scheduled the way that we have them when we're, where we do them every single week, you know, we have a lot of people come on and join us every single week. And to everybody else, everything runs really smooth. You know, we have no problems. We're good to go. You know, it takes us no time at all. When in reality, when something like this happens, when something breaks that you don't have control over, it's kind of a panic moment. And John, I remember running out into the living room when this happened saying, John, what are we going to do? Lead pages had this hiccup. You went to the lead page and it was a 404. So we had a 15 minute auto email reminder that was going out to over 10,000 people on our interest <laughs> list saying, click this link to come join us right now. And that link was a 404. John, you had 55, 60 emails within like one or two minutes of people saying, John, your link is broken. John, your link is broken. broken I'm trying, link, to, go to, the web- What's I'm trying to go to the webinar. Yeah. And that's a panic moment for anybody. For me and you, it was a panic moment. But I think the differentiation is that, yes, we were very panicked, but I think both of us were automatically not thinking, oh my gosh, this is happening right now. This sucks. We hate this. What can we do to fix it is what you and I were thinking. And so, you know, we took the HTML code of the video, we took the HTML code of the chat, and our solution was to just put it on our own site. I mean, if we can't use lead pages, there's no one saying and nothing stopping us from just putting it on entrepreneuronfire.com. And so we did that. We were able to get that up with lightning speed. While I was building that page, John, you were creating a buy button that we were able to use on the page as well. And then I went ahead and I grabbed our broadcast list from Infusionsoft. We sent out another email. And, you know, you see these emails every now and then. People are not perfect. That email that comes right after the one you just received that says, whoops, new link or something like that. (laughs) And that's what we did. You know, we sent the same exact list who we had just emailed a couple minutes prior, sent them an email that said webinar link inside or something to that effect. And, you know, John, while you fired up the webinar, because we were actually at our start time by that point, you were firing up the webinar and talking to people, you were telling people exactly what was going on, you know, sorry, guys, we're usually here right 15 minutes before we're usually chatting it up. I'm usually saying hi to everybody. This is what just happened. And you were open, you were transparent, you let people know that, you know, I 
am usually in the chat at that point as well. But at that point in time, I was actually in your inbox replying to people who were having trouble so that I could send them the link. And, you know, transparency, one, as it usually does, everybody on that webinar and everybody who we emailed and everybody who we emailed after the webinar was so grateful that you and I took action to make this happen versus sending out an email and saying, sorry, guys, lead pages is broken today. And that's really the main takeaway that I want Fire Nation to walk away with is that you know, we took this situation that we could have gotten furious about. We could have blamed lead pages and jumped on the phone with their support and like yelled at them for having their site down. Or we could have done what we did, which was like, okay, what can we do? What's in our power right now? And that was to bring things onto our site, just like Kate said, and to make things happen. And I think we did 26 sales that day, which brought in just a little under $25,000 in revenue for Podcasters Paradise on that one live webinar that, yeah, it might have been a little bit more had things gone without a hitch because there were some people that weren't able to make that transition. But that's you know a little around $25,000 that our business would not have seen had we taken the approach of disgust and helplessness and just blaming the world. So I think that's a great takeaway, a great way to end this, what now has turned into almost an hour income report, because obviously these income reports are just really packed with value, both on the success and the failure side of it. And we don't want to leave anything away. That's what our goal is here. And we bring on Josh, you know, it just adds to the value as well. So just thank you one and all for joining us here today and for staying with us and for hopefully getting a ton of value. And if you did get a ton of value, we would love a little hop over to eofire.com slash income 12 and giving it a little social love share or even just leaving a, a comment to the question of what's your number one takeaway from this month's income report? We'd love to know. Kate and I will both be responding to your comments. And I'm sure Josh will jump in there if there's anything tax oriented as well. So you can ask questions there about anything that Josh might have brought up. And of course, we'll be looking, Josh, for those two videos you're going to be creating that uh, will hopefully get that official stamp sooner than later like your other ones. And Fire Nation, until next month, keep your fire burning. This is JLD out. Kate, Josh, why don't you say peace? Yeah, thank you guys so much for hanging out today. Blast. Thanks, Fire Nation. See you next month. Kate and I have generated over $1 million in sales on live webinars, and we show you how. Join us on our free webinar workshop by texting WEBINAR to 38470 and claim your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.